0: Visit HyundaiUSA.com
1: or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way, providing a seamless mortgage experience. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855 855-212 212 Send the tweets, send the hot takes at Carmen C-A-R-M-A-N. Plenty to get into in the final hour. We'll do workers shoot the whole thing. It's going to be a fantastic time. Make sure you're with us. We'll take your calls as well. Get to all of them. I feel bad, Connor. I don't. I know I'm supposed to mention this Mike Tyson fight. I, it just looks sad. Maybe it'll be better than what we think. It just looks sad. I mean,
1: I, mean, I guess they're both looking to get a little bit of money. I which mean, is I'll,
0: okay. I, it just. It's going to end up being sad. I'll Go keep ahead. track
1: of what happens, but I'm not really all that interested, really, in the end result, to be honest. Well,
0: the whole thing is this. If there's all these rules about it, nobody can be knocked out, nobody can be knocked down, there's there's eight two-minute rounds, and there's all these things like basically protecting them, you got to remember, I, I think it's going to be just a disappointment because when people remember these boxers, remember Mike Tyson at the end was – Sad during his regular career was sad. And I think that guys like me, like when I was a kid, I was very young when Mike Tyson was in his prime, very young. And I remember Mike Tyson blowing people away, beating up everybody in 30, 30 seconds, just this this unbelievable wrecking machine. My dad is not a boxing guy. My dad would go to a buddy's house to watch you. The, when he came back and fought Hurricane Peter McNeely, I can't even say what you'd have in your pants, what he said in the, uh, in the press conference there. Don King, tell him, Peter. Tell him, baby. When he came back and fought Hurricane Peter McNeely, like it was the thing to see. Here comes Mike Tyson. He's going to knock this guy. Boy, did he ever. And I, it's just – I know you can't – you don't want to watch either one of them get knocked out. But you expect, because that's our memory – We remember, we always remember guys at their best. The legends we remember at their best. We never remember the worst. When I tell you about Franco Harris, you think about immaculate reception. You don't sit there and go, oh, yeah, remember that year with the with the Seahawks? When I tell you about Emmett Smith, you think of three Super Bowls. You don't go, hey, remember him at the end with the Cardinals? You don't do that. You remember them at their best. Now, here we are 15 years later. He wasn't at his best best at the end, but we remember Mike Tyson knocking everybody out, the whole thing, and then he's going to be back tonight, and it's like, eh, yeah, you can't even knock anybody out. So it's going to be this... I just don't see how any bit of it... I hope it's good. I hope that like, at the end of the fight, like everybody's like, wow, this is great. These guys were great, and these guys are older now, and they're they still they look they're they're in they're in good shape. They don't look like they're in great shape compared to where boxers are, but I, I think any of us to talk about their shape is a little bit much. I think they're in good shape for their age. But I hope at the end of it, man, these guys were in really good shape, and this ended up being a lot of fun, and and hopefully everybody has a good time. That's what I'm hoping. I just think tomorrow we're gonna go, yeah, yeah. Did you see them two old guys fighting last night? Jeez. I don't think anybody wants to see what they don't believe they're going to see tonight. I think what they're going to see tonight is a couple old guys take a shot at one another and the refs get involved and it kind of be kept to a minimum. I think you're probably going to be bored. I, I hope I'm wrong. But I but again, I say I hope I'm wrong, but I don't want anybody getting knocked I don't want Roy Jones Jr. get knocked out. I don't mind Roy Jones Jr. Mike Tyson's a major celebrity. I don't want to see his ass get knocked out. It's Mike Tyson. Who wants to see Mike Tyson get knocked out? No one wants to see Mike Tyson get knocked out. So it's it's a very weird thing. I, I don't know how it's going to end up good. But I hope it's I hope it ends up good. Eight five five two one two four CBS. So I've been dreading doing this since Sunday. I really have, and I I didn't know how I was going to do it. This is one of the few things that I talk about on this show. And I, I just go, man, how do I do it? I got to do it right. I got to do it respectfully. I love to tell you what I'm right, and I can't do it here because it's, it'd be disgusting. I brought it up as a talking point. I didn't think it'd be serious, and I always said and I always couched it was, if it were my team and he were my quarterback, I don't think I'd do this. And I was filled with emotion. Because I did not like what I saw, what happened to Joe Burrow last week. My heart sank. My Twitter lighted up, and I, part of it's like I, I, didn't, I didn't realize this many people actually listen to this show. My Twitter lights up. My emails light up. The calls light up earlier this week because I've said it on my own show weekdays on the fan in Cleveland. Where I brought up, hey, he's proven a lot. If every time I talk to a pundit, everybody, from from Brian Baldinger to Aditi Kinkabwala to to the people who we've had on the shows and who have been very, very knowledgeable, well-reasoned people, the first thing they bring up about Joe Burrow is, man, he takes a beating, and he just keeps going, gosh, he's so tough. Look how tough he is. He's just back there taking shot after shot. And I'm going, This is. we're not talking about how good a throw he's making. We're not talking about him leading his team to victory. We're not talking about how good of a leader he is. When we know he's a good leader, maybe we just don't have to say it that much. The first thing we're bringing up is him taking a beating. I go, what is he accomplishing here? What is he accomplishing? And I thought about this back in October. Connor wasn't with me. Hickey was. Pierno was. And I expected to get blasted because I didn't think it was real. I thought... That Mike, and you can go back to the archives, cbssportsradio.com to listen to him. I thought that if they were going to do this, Mike Brown was going to have to admit he's the bad guy. Because it startles me about Cincinnati football. We've had a guy who's been a frequent guest on our show, and he's a pretty good dude. Mo Egger down in Cincinnati on, on 1530 down there. And one day we had Mo Egger on. This was last year, and he brought up that this was before Joe Burrow became a Bengal. He brought up that the Lisa with the city is up in 2026, and there have been conversations before. Mike Brown has talked to the city of Baltimore before, before the Browns moved there. Mike Brown talked to Phoenix, Arizona, before the Cardinals ended up being, or as they were looking for an Arizona there, a team in Arizona, they were looking to go there from St. Louis. So there's there's been that conversation in the past from the Bengals. And with this apathy from fans, and it really set in. It was apathy last year. It startles me. I, I don't like it when teams move. And the Bengals have been there since since their very beginning in 68. The, the color scheme makes sense. The Bengals fans that I know are good Bengals fans, I don't like it when teams move. It's a decent enough city. I got nothing against people down there. I really don't. And I don't want that to happen. So Joe Burrow for Cincinnati has been a good thing. And in the back of my mind, I think, Greg Cook. Greg Cook got hurt. It, it it ruined his career. He was never the same. It it changed the trajectory forever. It birthed the West Coast offense. You got that. But it changed the trajectory of ever for both Greg Cook and for the Cincinnati Bengals. And for the worse. And I see this kid, oh, I know he can make every single throw, which I don't know in, in today's quarterbacking of the NFL, I don't know if that's saying anything. But we know he can make every throw. We know he can lead. We know that he has great talent. We know that with some talent around him, he can make plays. If he has an offensive line and he has time, he can really make plays. And I'm watching him out there throwing 50 and 60 times in a game. He's got no Joe Mixon, which that hurts, and he's got a coach that all of a sudden I I I do believe. And Jason Cole brought this up in the 11 o'clock hour Eastern, where Mike Brown doesn't like paying people he's not who's not working for him. So Zach Taylor should have time. Marvin Lewis got oodles of time but he was a relatively successful coach now the clock begins to tick on Zach Taylor and I watch Cincinnati every week and it feels like with the offense that you have a coach who has to try to serve two different ple- two different disciplines and it's hard he's got to develop his quarterback and he has to win the only way to win was to throw with the guy and I'm going this is recipe for disaster if I'm Mike Brown, i got to be the bad guy. You've been the bad guy before. Go be the bad guy again. Come down from the tower and say "He's. we're done playing him for the rest of the year. I use Steven Strasburg as, a, as an example. Said so They sat Steven Strasburg in, in Washington. They were poised to make the playoffs. He was just a kid. They had him on a pitch count. Boom, that was it. They weren't messing with that. And they were willing to forego chances to be great at that time. They were willing to do it. Baseball's a different sport, obviously. But in football, because it's just inherent that there is a chance of collision, there's a chance of injury, I knew in the back of my head, while it may be something that's possible for Mike Brown to do, where he would go and he'd be the bad guy, and Duke Tobin would be mad, and Zach Taylor would be mad, and his teammates would be mad, Joe Burrow's teammates would be mad, and certainly Joe Burrow would be mad. You're still doing what's right because now you've proven what you can prove The only thing else he can prove for the rest of this year is that he could take a beating. Now he can't even do that. And then we'll go into 2021, and we don't know when he's going to be ready to play. We could be looking at a back quarter of the football season debut for Joe Burrow. And this story comes out that that this organization is in tatters, that it's a college-like atmosphere. The, The veterans on this team don't trust Zach Taylor the coaching staff on this team is subpar and do not have the respect to the players. And this all comes out after Joe Burrow? This was a a ticking time bomb. This is what Joe Burrow was taxed with. He was taxed with saving that franchise. And now I don't know, and I I hope, I sincerely hope for Joe Burrow's career, for, for the good of football, because he does, I mean, I don't know the kid personally. I've met his father. He seems to come from good stock. He seems to be a good kid and could make a nice difference as an athlete in the NFL today. If he were to be good and and to do everything, he could make a real difference. And I don't know if he's going to get that opportunity. I can't say that he will. And it makes me think, while I wouldn't have the guts to do it, who's gonna? Who uses this? We do this all the time for quarterbacks, and I'm going to even do this coming up in another show I'm about to do. Where Kyler Murray opened up Pandora's box, a team can look at their quarterback now and go, I just don't think it's going to work out with this kid. There's just something about him. Why continue to do a sunk cost fallacy and continue to invest in this guy where I just don't believe in it? They could have done that with Josh Rosen in Arizona. They could have kept him on that team. They decided to get rid of Steve Wilkes. Steve Keim got a new lease on life. They went and they got Kyler Murray, and away they've gone. They've been a good story this year. Kyler Murray, De'Angelo Hopkins, they're doing a DeAndre Hopkins, are doing great. De'Angelo. DeAndre Hopkins are doing great. Josh Rosen's not even thought of in the NFL now. And it's the if the lid can be opened on that, what happens when it comes to Joe Burrow? What happens maybe when it comes to Trevor Lawrence? It's a collision game, injuries happen, it's part of what we talk about. It's just the way football is. But can I guarantee that that's not going to happen again? No. Can I guarantee I can make every effort that it doesn't happen again? Yeah. If I were the Jets, I could look at it next year and go, he's proven enough. We're in a transitional period. We can move on. Let's sit Trevor Lawrence. Somebody somewhere is going to use, an owner is going to get it in his mind because I talked about that team could move in 2026. This guy's an investment. You're there to make a billion dollars with this guy. If he's at the top of his level, he's going to make a billion dollars for your franchise. That's why Patrick Mahomes got paid a half a billion because the Kansas City Chiefs know that they're going to make more than a billion dollars with Patrick Mahomes. That this is a guy who can change my franchise, provide stability for my franchise, provide greatness for my franchise, allow me to invest in my franchise. This guy can reignite me the way we're supposed to. And as an owner, I'm going to make the right decision for my franchise, and I'm not going to let another Joe Burrow happen again. If we were able to do it for Kyler Murray, when it comes to going after another quarterback and cutting bait quickly, don't think it can't happen because of what happened with Joe Burrow 855-2124 CBS 855 Up next, worker shoot and also I'm afraid I'm going soft. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen. I'll stay I also like to live dangerously. As you wish, sir. On CBS Sports Radio. 855 212 4227. 20 minutes away, I might, off. I might have to ask Connor that. I might have to ask you that. Also, Vervin's going to come back. I want him back where I want him back. And I don't know if you guys have seen television lately. Of course, the show must go on. There's still a lot to go on to today. Let's get going. Is it time for work or shoot, Connor?
1: It's time, Ken.
0: Immediate. What's whose song was that? All oh, your
1: way. Is that?
0: Who? What band is that that sings that that song? Hell, now I'm dying. All right, let's get going. Let's go. Come on, damn it. Let's do work or shoot. I'm getting thrown off, man. Getting punchy. Let's get going. Come on, Connor. Bring it to me, babe.
1: All right, Ken. Number one, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, were crushed 41 to 16 by Washington <laughs> on Thursday night, and with <laughs> their ever? record now three and eight there are doubts as to whether Mike McCarthy will be back next season. However, work or shoot, it's unfair to criticize McCarthy too heavily considering it was a COVID-shortened off season and because his starting quarterback, Dak Prescott, got hurt.
0: Now, of course, the rules of work or shoot is like it's true or false, except it's false or true because a work is supposed to be false and a shoot is supposed to be true. But I don't want to call it true or false or false or true because that's always said in radio, so I wanted to switch it up. And since I love wrestling and a work is a true and a shoot is a – or excuse me, a work is a false and a shoot is a true, then I wanted to make it called work or shoot. See, it even confuses me, but away we go. That is a total work. Work. That is a falsehood. A total falsehood, Connor. He was supposed to be better off than some of the other guys. He and Ron Rivera – and Ron Rivera's done a pretty decent job considering everything here. Let's give Ron Rivera credit. But he and Ron Rivera were supposed to be the guys who were ready for this. Not not Joe Judge, not Kevin Stefanski, not Matt Rule. Matt Rule needs a little bit of talent. I think Matt Rule's doing a pretty damn good job. I think Kevin Stefanski's doing a pretty damn good job. All things considered, I think Joe Judge is the only person with the Giants that I actually trust right now. It's the three first-year head coaches – that are doing a good job. Ron Rivera, I put him in a special case because he's obviously dealing with cancer and a lot of other things that that puts him in a different spot. Mike McCarthy has messed this whole thing up. And I wanted to argue for Mike McCarthy before Thursday. I wanted to say that, hey, man, like, this is going to be – hey, man, hey, man, this is going to be difficult when you have an owner like Jerry Jones whose players know when they're picked by Jerry Jones, he ain't going to fault the players. They're his players. He picked them. He's going to fault the coach. So what you are, for the NFL equivalent of the Yankees, you're a professional scapegoat. You're a puppet. Mike McCarthy had the pick of the litter. He could have went to the Giants. He could have went to the Panthers. It didn't seem like it was actually serious with the Browns, so I don't know about that. He could have went to those teams, might have got a chance with the Washington football team, decided on the Cowboys, and his second stint when he's supposed to prove everybody wrong, especially Aaron Rodgers, that he just doesn't look like a bowl of mashed potatoes that he can actually coach, he's become a glorified puppet for Jerry Jones. And a punching bag for his players and a punching bag for his fan base. So I don't think he'll get fired. I think that Jerry Jones is perfectly fine saying, ah, you know, you didn't have Deshaun Watson or "or didn't have Dak Prescott. And boy, it looks like Zeke Elliott's just put on 60 pounds since the beginning of the season. It looks like he's carrying a trailer, but... Oh, you don't have all those things, but maybe you get a shot. Who the hell knows? I don't want to see it be one or done, but I don't think it's going to get any better from Mike McCarthy. I don't think it's going to get better for any one of those coaches out there. If you're looking for a payday, by all means, be my guest. Go coach the Dallas Cowboys. But if you want to have your – you know what's cut off and not being able to make any decisions unless your name's Bill Parcells or unless you were to be Bill Belichick and actually take that job, good luck. It ain't going to happen. You ain't going to get that power. And if the father – or if the sun, if the apple didn't fall that far from the tree, doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon either. So that is a work. Whoa. Next.
1: All right, Ken. Number two, Taysom Hill, impressed in his first start last Sunday, going 18 for 23 with 233 yards passing, and also ran for 51 yards and two touchdowns as the Saints blew out the Falcons 24-9. to 9. This despite some believing Jameis Winston should have started at quarterback. So work or shoot, if Hill continues to play this well, Sean Payton should make the decision to stick with Hill as the starter, even when Drew Brees returns from injury.
0: Oh, that's a work. Work. I don't know about Taysom Hill, man. I still don't know. I, I, I think that he got a hot hand against a team that's not very good. I want to be a hater. I'm just going to sound like a hater. It just – it don't add up. Folks, it doesn't add up. To me, he's a a better version of Steve Tasker that Steve Tasker couldn't throw. He can actually throw a little bit. I'm still going to say work because it's it's Drew Brees. But, man, I (laughs) – It just seems arrogant. Connor, does it not just seem arrogant? He's 30 years old.
1: He's 30 years old, Connor. It does. I think Taysom Hill (laughs) brings an element to the offense that they obviously didn't have with Drew Brees, and Brees wasn't great this year when he was out there. So if Hill plays really well, I think there's at least a decent chance that Sean Payton might make that decision.
0: Uh, he He might... Do it after Drew retires. I don't think you could just move on from t- from Drew. But he could make that decision. Obviously, I think he wants to make that decision once Drew retires. I think it's hubris. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. But if you know what? If you go out there and you win and you have decent games, even though he did put the ball on the ground again, if you go out there and you win and you have a decent game, I can't say anything to you. So I'll eat a little bit of crow right now, but I'm still waiting for that other shoe to drop down there in New Orleans with Taysom Hill. Next. work.
1: All right, number three, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were taken down by the L.A. Rams last week, losing 27-24, and Brady struggled throughout, throwing for two interceptions and only 216 yards. It marked the second time in three weeks that Brady threw multiple interceptions in a loss. So work or shoot, if they make the playoffs, the Buccaneers will likely be a wildcard team and will have to play three straight road games to reach the Super Bowl. But at Tom Brady's age, and with the way he's playing right now, there's no chance they'll be able to do that.
0: Connor, straight shooting, baby. Shoot. Straight shoot. You are telling the truth. Ain't no fib there. Uh, I, I, I have a lot of faith in Tom Brady. I don't have faith to get over here. I still wonder why Bruce Arians is talking as tough as he is. Why don't you make a change? We talked about this in week one, and we're still seeing the same thing. You still want to rifle the ball down the field. He's not that type of quarterback anymore. And I think the Saints are going to win this division because right now I see two old quarterbacks. There's two old heads in that division. There's Drew Brees, who I, he probably needs manufactured lungs right now. And you got the other guy in, in Tom Brady. But the coaches are different. I got one guy who's willing to make adjustments and do different things and get creative. That Hence the conversation about Taysom Hill. The other one, he just wants to keep rifling the ball down the field. Tom's not that guy. Josh McDaniels should have showed you he's not that guy anymore. Like every now and then, Tom can load up. And actually throw it down. It's it, it's fewer and far between. He's 42 years old. He's had serious injuries. It happens to everybody. I know Tom believes he can stretch his bones out, and I know he thinks TB12 is going to make him live forever, like he's death becomes her. But you got to be able to adjust a little bit, and I just don't see the type of adjustments that I should see with Tampa Bay. And Connor, you bring out a premise that I think is true. If they don't, if they don't get. That that spot in the NFC South, they're going on the road, and I don't think that they can do it on the road. I mean, the way it shakes out right now, if you were to see them, how? Okay, let me bring up the playoff spot. Let me bring up the playoff spots real quick. They are the sixth seed, so that would put them against who? Two and seven, three and six. That would put them against Green Bay. You're going to go to Green Bay. I know they're not allowed to have fans of the stand. That doesn't mean the cold weather can't show up. You're going to go to Green Bay. You're going to beat the Packers in Green Bay. You can, I just don't think you will. So I think that's a straight shoot. Next.
1: Shoot. All right, number four, the Houston Texans knocked off the Lions 41-25 on Thanksgiving afternoon. Deshaun Watson threw for 318 yards and four touchdowns. Will Fuller caught two of those touchdowns and had 171 yards himself. And J.J. Watt had a pick six of Matthew Stafford as well. Man. The Texans are now 4-3 and three after opening the year at 0-4. So work or shoot, if Romeo Cronell had started the year as the Texans head coach, <laughs> they wouldn't have opened the year at 0-4 and, and would currently be in the playoff hunt. That's a word. Work. Work.
0: They might not have started at 0-4, but I think that Romeo at 73 – I don't want to say bad things about Romeo. Connor, what are you doing to me? Romeo Cornell's a great guy. He's 73 years old. I got to say nasty things about Romeo Cornell now for this segment. Respectfully to Romeo. Watching him, I think that he is an early 2000s coach. And I think the game has gone on. And, frankly, guys, if, if – if there were no Bill O'Brien going into this year, you think the Texans would have settled on him? Or Emil Cornell is going to be their head coach in, 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 to begin 2020? No, he's doing a good job. They are four and seven right now. They're still an outside chance. They need a ton of help, but they got to be bas- they got to be perfect. Unless they're unless the virus can help them and they can get an eighth spot, they got to basically be perfect and you're still playing. Their schedule is one of the most brutal ones I've ever seen in NFL history since I have started watching the NFL when I was a kid. You got the Patriots on here that's still a formidable opponent that you want at home. You start out Chiefs, Ravens, Steelers, Vikings. When we thought the Vikings were worth something, that's tough. Titans are on here. Packers are on here. Browns are a playoff team right now. The Patriots and Lions, they're actually a reprieve. Colts' defense is good. Bears' defense is good. Colts' defense is good. And also, don't forget about Phillip Rivers, who's starting to age gracefully. The Bengals, okay, you get one little breather there. Then you play the Titans. Like, this is probably a 5-11 football team. Maybe 6-10. If they get to 6-10, that's a nice season considering. I don't know who they upset. I don't know who Cal McNair upset over there in the schedule department. This is as rough as it gets. Like, you could have mixed in – You could have mixed in a Bengals at the beginning of the season. You didn't need to go four straight like that. But no, long story short, or short story long, really, if they would have started off the season with Romeo, with all due respect to Romeo because he's a prince of a human being, wonderful person, no, they would not be a playoff team. Work.
1: All right, Ken, and number five, the NFC East is a total mess right now. The Washington football team leads the division at 4-7 while the Eagles, Giants, and Cowboys all only have three wins apiece. So work or shoot, despite all the issues from Carson Wentz this season, the Eagles are the team that still have the best chance to win the division.
0: I mean, you'd think so, except Lane Johnson just got hurt, and I have no faith in them whatsoever. They should. They should be a 10- or 11-win football team in this division. Even with the injuries, I have zero faith in Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson looks like a beaten puppy, and now I can't even give a straight answer about Carson Wentz anymore. Carson Wentz is playing like Baker Mayfield did in 2019. He's just a taller taller version of 2019 Baker Mayfield. I've already given the Dallas Cowboys the gears. I actually kind of like Joe Judge, and, and, and maybe there's a possibility for the Giants' future there. And I think Washington actually deserves to because everything that Ron Rivera's had to deal with, and they actually have a respected NFL veteran quarterback there to play quarterback there. I hope Washington wins it, but if you win the NFC East, did you really win anything? So you say I say work. How about that? Work. Work. And that is work or shoot, right?
1: Yep, that's it, Kim.
0: You've done a fantastic job as always, Connor. Eight five five two one two four CBS. We'll try to get to you guys when we come back also. I still got a lot. Grown men, and it shouldn't bother me, but it does. I want Urban back where I want him back, not where you want him back. And also, I don't know if you guys have seen television lately. Of course this show must go on. That all coming up. Right now, it's the latest sports update with Erica Herskowitz. He's down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can be done. We've got a long- You're listening to Ken Carman on CBS Sports Radio. Final statement of the day. Speak now forever. Hold your peace. 855-2124-CBS. 855-2124-227. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by the fine folks at Geico. I bet you didn't know this. Whether you rent or own, they make it easy for you. Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance, and they do it together. I know. having Having a home is hard work. Get to Geico.com. Easy. I'm still in the middle of, pro- uh, of the process of trying to hang Christmas lights. I started on Tuesday. It starts pouring. I still have a strand that's sitting up on one of my roofs because I won't get up on the big roof. I'll get up on the front lip. Ain't no way you're getting my big ass up there on the big roof. That is not, that's not going to happen. So I still got a strand of lights there. I'm going to have to try to put it up during the Browns game tomorrow. That's going to be tough. I mean, t- Connor, it's technically my job to cover the damn team, and I got I got to get them up at some point because I'm, I'm basically I'm indisposed all next week, brother.
1: I think you can say because the Browns are on and you have to watch them, you have work and therefore can't do any of the Christmas decorations. I,
0: yeah, but I can't leave those stupid lights just hanging there, unlit and everything. It looks like trash. You know what I mean?
1: You do have to do it at some point.
0: They're playing the Jaguars, so it, it, it might be easy. I got Game Pass, I can always go back and watch. I can always go back and watch. I mean, they should be able to beat the Jaguars, right?
1: They should. The defense looks good, and Jacksonville's offense is not exactly a premier offense.
0: Before I get to everything, you're right about that. Well, you know what? Time to hang Christmas lights tomorrow. Time to get after it. Let me get to the phones. Dwayne in Pittsburgh's taking umbrage with me. He's next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Oh, man, Ken, I hate to correct you again, because that's all we do here in Pittsburgh is collecting correct Clevelanders, but. Ah, whoa. whoa. Good on, go ahead, Dwayne. I'm messing with you. I, I mean, I digress. <laughs> uh, all Tommy's ever done is win in the cold, can, and I don't know if you follow Green Bay closely, but it isn't home field up there no more. All they do is lose in the cold. A guy like Aaron's made for warm weather. So there's well, no uh, advantage going north. Or for not know, man. It's, he's been in Tampa the whole, like, by, by this time, his skin is starting to thicken up. Follow me on this, Dwayne. T- yeah, yeah, he's getting old and tight, I guess. so. Okay. You know, I mean, how old are you, Dwayne? How old are you? 49. You're 49. All right, my dad's 60. My dad hates okay. cold weather. Okay, and you know the older you get, your bones start to get a little bit more brittle in that cold weather. Not that he's going to, like, get hurt or anything. It's just you, you get affected by the cold a little bit more than you used to. So while my ex- while my reasoning is flimsy at best, I will grant you that, I just I, – I think that the defense is going to be suspect and maybe Tampa Bay's defense could get him. Say they played each other right now. Maybe you're right. But I, I think three straight road games like that, that's going to be a tall task there, Dwayne. I grant you, my reasoning for Green Bay is flimsy at best and it probably shouldn't have came out of my mouth. You're right. However, can he get two more? I don't know. I mean, I'm rooting for you, Ken. I hope you're 100% right. <laughs> Trust me on that. He's beat us enough, Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he beats – he's been beating everybody. And, I, I mean, it, it's it's weird for you. I take it you're a Steelers fan? Yeah. Yeah, see, it's weird for you because you actually have skin in the game for most of his career. And, Dwayne, thank you very much for the call. Through most of his career, I've just watched him marveled. I haven't had any reason to. You know, nothing ha- nothing has given me any reason to really get mad at Tom Brady. I'm not a hater at Tom Brady. It's, nothing's given me anything. So – You know, where else am I supposed to go with it? So I I never really have hated Tom Brady. But it does give me another reason where, I don't know, Connor's going to have to help me out. And I'm going to do this in the next show as well. Am I getting soft? He snubbed Jared Goff, Connor, and I I just, I take umbrage with it. You played against the guy in the Super Bowl. You beat him. He played you in a Super Bowl. You are the, the greatest quarterback of this generation. No matter what people want to say about you, you're the best. Isn't it incumbent upon you to still give a handshake at the end of that game when you're bested by a quarterback that's not as good as you, but you were still bested by him? Isn't it your responsibility to have some sportsmanship and shake that man's hand as one professional to another?
1: I think so, especially because those two guys don't have any sort of bad relationship. The only past they have was a game that Brady beat him in, so it's not like he should have any ill will toward Jared Goff. Jared Goff has never said anything negative about Tom Brady. He's only been complimentary of Tom Brady. So Brady should go after the game and shake his hand, but this is something Brady has done over the course of his career. He has. In the rare games he loses, he is not out there at midfield shaking anybody's hand. He runs right back into the locker room.
0: And I fear that I've gone soft on this. Uh, you know, I'll ask you, you know what, eight five five two one two four I'll try to sneak you in. eight five five two one two four two two seven. Am I soft? They're in the NFL. These are grown men. And people will go, well, you show me a good loser and I'll show you a bus boy. I'm not saying he has to be a good loser. I'm not saying that. We did the same thing with Belichick and Eric Mangini, did we not? There is an, ex- there is an expectation. There's certain things in what we do that you're expected to do. If you're going to be the best in the NFL, you are expected to kind of give back to the younger generation a bit. To have a respect. To have that moment. It's a regular season. You beat him in the Super Maybe maybe for all I know, maybe Jared Goff didn't approach him in the Super Bowl. I don't know. I don't know that. Maybe Jared Goff ran off to the tunnel and I didn't pay attention to anything when they beat the Rams in the Super Bowl when he was with the Patriots. Maybe I wasn't paying attention to that. It just I think it's a bit of a bad look. That's what I feel it is. And maybe I'm being soft. Usually, I'm I'm play for keeps, NFL guy. It's part of the reason I love the NFL so much, and I like college football a whole bunch. But it's just not the NFL. You can dance, or you should be able to dance. It's about cold winning. It's about being better. It's about two. It's about two teams lining up, and one team trying to take the food off the plate of the other team. It, it's professional football. These are paid individuals. How you perform in this day affects your bottom line, affects the livelihood of yourself, affects the livelihood of your family. Might not be on that given Sunday right then and there that day, but it affects the future, whether you want to be cognizant of that or not. And so I've defended cold, calculated, nasty winning by the NFL, but there's something there where you're 42 years old, there's something you got to give back to the NFL community, isn't there? And they, I don't know, to walk off the field. It just felt it felt a little low class. Jason Cole, we had him on today. He said that yeah, Tom Brady is, maybe he would take it back, but we can say that he's probably a good-hearted individual. I don't think he's the meanest person ever walked the face of the earth. I don't think that he's Ebenezer Scrooge. I don't think that he's a nasty individual whatsoever. I just, I think it's low class is a nasty thing to say. Poor taste? I find it to be more in poor taste. You could have went out there shaking his hand. You didn't have to even look him in the eye. You should look him in the eye when you shake your hand. You're grown men for crying out loud. But still, you you could have went out there shaking his hand. Good game. Good luck the rest of the season. Da-da, da-da, da da -da, And move on. That's all you had to do. It, It just feels like it's beneath Tom Brady. Like, I would take that from Jay Cutler. I would I would expect that from Jay Cutler, I would expect that from Jameis Winston, I would expect that from Cam, I would expect that from Baker Mayfield, I would expect that from Josh Allen maybe because he's young, I would ex- Joe Burrow I wouldn't expect that from him. I mean, good God, he's a golden god. I'd expect that from Justin Herbert because he's young. I'd expect it from those guys. What I expect it from Tom, yeah. just seems like it's a little bit beneath you. That's all I'm saying. 855-212-4227. I am saying 8552124227 212 i do not know if anybody got to see this. Um, I pay attention to Jeopardy. It's not my favorite game show ever. If we were going to do a top five game show, Pressure Luck has got to be up there because of my grandmother. Price is Right is up there because of staying home from school. Jeopardy has got to be right up there. We did a poll over the week because there is a conversation happening where they're going to have a series of interim hosts for Jeopardy to take over for Alex Trebek, and then they'll pick over from there, and then the next host will be the next host, and the first one up is going to be Ken Jennings. Now, if you ask me, I think Ken Jennings is perfect Ken Jennings perfect for it. His star is not so grand that he oversees or that he overrides everything with Jeopardy. I don't think his star is that grand where he, he takes away from the Jeopardy game. The game of Jeopardy is supposed to be a respected game show. This isn't supermarket suite. These are smart people who who study for this, who have worked for this, who have taken tests for this, and this this is their 15 minutes of fame, America. This is what they're there for. You may never hear of these people again. These people are big deals in their hometown. They've written articles about them. Mike, he's a sixth-grade science teacher, and Mike has been taking the test for years, and finally he got selected. He's going to play in Jeopardy. Merv Griffin, Johnny Gilbert, the whole, it's a serious thing. It's an honor to even be on the stage. And I think that Ken Jennings is the perfect guy for it. He is Jeopardy. He will respect the sanctity of Jeopardy. He will respect the sanctity of the 75-year-old person who's watching at 7 o'clock at night or wherever they might be from Memphis, Tennessee, to Timbuktu, to Portland, Maine, to Portland, Oregon, for that matter. The thing that bothered me the most out of any of this is that there was conversation from my listeners to end Jeopardy. And I just thought, have you seen television lately? This is a show that we're emotionally charged with, that we have grand champions who people love, like Ken Jennings, and people hate, like the guy who was the gambling guy that some people loved and some people hated because gambling's up and down for some people. Th- there is an emotional connection to this. This is one of the last bastions of great television that we'll ever have. I mean, look at TV now. It's all remakes of TV shows that actually got us at one time, that actually had us watching network television at one time, that actually got us to, to believe in them, at one point and now anything new just doesn't make any sense you got this show about two people who weren't that close back in high school and now one guy needs a kidney and she's going to give him a kidney and that's a sitcom where does that show go to how does that show make it past another season I could see you doing one season where does this go where no longer the kidney is the is the the big premise of the show how is that possible the man needs a kidney You're going to deny the kidney? Why would you deny a kidney? If you have the kidney and you can give the kidney, would you or would you not give a kidney if you were the match? Well, then we have to go through the rigmarole of whether or not she's willing to give the kidney. How is that a comedic premise? This is television. This is sitcoms now. And you want to get rid of a TV show that makes millions upon millions upon millions, that brings joy and happiness to, to regular folks who come home from work, to shut-ins, to the elderly, to the young, to the rich, to the poor, all across the country, we want to take that away? Because Alex Trebek died? Would that be an honor of Alex Trebek's legacy? No. Jeopardy has withstood the test of time because we all believe we could be there. And it all gives us that glimpse of what could be and because it's the last bastion of great television, even though it's not in primetime. Big thanks to Pierno. Big thanks to Connor Green, Marco Belletti, Erica Herskowitz. I'm Ken Carmen. Pony's next. Have a wonderful weekend, my friends.